Hello, listeners. Julian here. I realized that during the record, we forgot to thank the band that wrote our theme song, so I'm doing that now. Our theme song comes courtesy of Modoff, a Chicago-based rock band that absolutely rocks. You can find out everything about Modoff at modaff.bandcamp.com, and you can see their cool content on Instagram at modafftheband. That's M-O-D-A-F-F, the band. So go check them out after you listen to this podcast, of course. Thanks. Bye. Listeners, welcome to Did You Bring Earplugs? I said the name of the show right. Uh, Congratulations, me. I get the Pulitzer Prize for science. Second time's the charm. Third time. This is our third episode. Third time. We've had countless more, but, you know, we'll just... Those those are the lost episodes. They're they're locked up in the Disney vault. Unfortunately. We're all golf players. We're Uh Uh And uh, so this is a podcast where three friends, four friends... How many people are here? Friends. Jesus Christ. It's still hot in Chicago. We're four friends get together and we talk about music that we love. This is a this is a podcast about love and friendship and the power of love and friendship to bring people together to talk about music in really pedantic ways that will annoy everybody. Okay, I'm Julian Suga. Who else is in the room with me? I'm Michael. Just Michael. Just Michael. No, it's Mike. Exclamation Just Mike. Point. Oh, yeah. I was in Pitchfork. Mike, all caps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put on a great show. He did. You jerks didn't he just show stood, up. So. He just stood still in the middle of the stage. And, and said, Mike, 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 yeah. Mike, 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 I'm Rory O'Donnell, guest host. What? You're not Julian. We should have introduced him first. Like a miner emerging from the earth. (laughs) Rory, can I get you to swing the mic just a little bit to your left? There you go. How's that? Perfect. suck at this. Perfect. Um, Rory, (laughs) why are you here? guess, Sasha. Sorry. Mike invited me. Mike, thank you for coming, Rory. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Now I remember. Um, Rory... (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, I wasn't prepared for this. Putting him on the spot. <sighs> I guess, you know, as in a job interview, you always want to talk about how your skills apply to the job. So um, I'm only going to talk about music stuff here now, I think makes the most sense. Pretty on brand. Um, what is my music life like? What is your music? Tell, tell me about the first, tell me about when you lost your music virginity. Oh, I must have been. Real young. Gross. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't even remember the first time I heard music. What was what was like the first album that you ever remember having like a real moment with? A moment with that would be um, that would be the Traveling Wilburys Volume Two. What? More more traveling. <laughs> Extra more traveling. more traveling more Wilburys. I believe there wasn't even a Volume One. I think it was a joke. <laughs> it's just like it's cars, just I know. Yeah. I, th- 
<laughs> I think I think they came out with their first album called Volume Two. Which Wasn't was every like folk luminary of the nineteen sixties and seventies in that group? Yeah, yeah, all the best ones. Bob yes. Dylan, Job Dylan, Rob Dylan, uh, all the great. Cobb. 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 Oh, good old cop. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rory, Cobb, look, you've proven your bona fides to me. Bona fides. Uh, but yeah, anyone else want to ask a, a question of good old Rory over here? No. No, I just. Uh, <laughs> I met him in college. Yeah, I went to a lot of shows. Probably way more shows than I did. Maybe in college, college, yeah. So. We've never had a guest star on that Sasha hated. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool. Yeah. You can tell by the eyes. <laughs> and the knife just hovering ever so gently above your head. I was wondering what that shadow was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Careful. It's very No, dark. that shadow is actually Phoebe Bridgers, the ghost. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, oh, God. You, you forgot, know, to, welcome you forgot to welcome her. I'm so sorry. Uh, Listeners, up, as always, first. our perennial fifth guest host, uh, the ghost of Phoebe Bridgers. Phoebe? She made a sound. Yeah, yeah. I just heard it. She clunked. Okay. She's a all right. clunker. All right, Phoebe. So, I'm sorry. I... I I know you don't like all the attention. I will, we'll just introduce you kind of more passing yeah, last yeah, time, yeah. Uh, next time. So, I'm sorry. She went all monster face, guys. It was terrifying. Yeah, she's giving you the look right now. Yeah. All right, well, she's we made Phoebe mad. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, that's not the Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> so a little birdie told me. He went, tweet, tweet. Um, to which I interpreted, you guys went to a show. Tell, yeah, tell me, tell me about it. Mike stubs. and Rory did, not yeah, Sasha. Saw this little band called Deer Hunter at the Metro. Teeny tiny little band. They're all teeny tiny. Oh. Sorry, I was totally talking over you. Say it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, we saw Deer Hunter at the Metro a couple weekends ago. Bradford Cox's Deer Hunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You said quite a few people leave. It's kind of like you know some bands where like there's just the lead singer and everybody kind of rotates out. Yeah, so he, he has a few projects, right, that he's kind of the mastermind of, and he uses to kind of exercise certain, uh, you know, different uh, artistic avenues, right? Probably, mm-hmm. he does. So, so Deer Hunter, Atlas what is Atlas Sound. Atlas Sound, yeah. Atlas Sound. The other big one. I don't is, know if there's any more. Is that I think it? that's it. Does, I think he, he might have a few yeah. former one, like older ones. Old ones, yes. Does he not ever release music under his own name? Not as far as I know. I don't think hmm. so. I think I'd be hip to that. Hmm. What was his uh, band member's side band that opened? Lotus Plaza? Oh, that opened. Um, I already forget. You'd have to look that up. It, it didn't leave a great impression on me. It was, uh, well, yeah, it was just kind of <laughs> DJ set in a way. Like, Another DJ set? But just more like freestyle vibe. Uh, elaborate. Yeah. I, I'm not exactly sure what you're getting at. Deer Hunter had to cut their set short? Mm-hmm. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the opener made quite the impression on you guys. <laughs> Do you think there's room in Bradford Cox's life for another side project that's called Cox Six? Cocksucks. Yeah, but there has to be six members, I think. Sure, sure, yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All with their cocks out. Uh-huh. And their last if name. If they have them. Yeah. The last names ought to be Cox, too. Yeah. 
Cox, yes. Cox. Bra- so Bra- and, Brian and if you Cox. If not have one, one will be provided for you. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, prosthetic technology in 2019 is is pretty spectacular. I've heard. I've never. I've never seen. Yeah. Some sometimes on the weekends I'll just get you know ten prosthetic penises and attach them to my fingers, but just like <laughs> like like finger sized and just kind of go about my day, see if anyone knows. Now, yeah. does that get expensive or? No, so so you can buy one mold and then just kind of like you know reforge them. So so they're all the same penis. So I thought like, you were taking dicks from people and like hollowing them out and then putting them on your finger. That's grotesque, Sasha. Is I've it? only I only did that for the first mold. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah my impression yeah. was that that they all uh, all the all the new ones come with blood pumps. You just don't want to say cocks, do you? <laughs> I wasn't trying to. <laughs> Honestly, all the, all the new cops. All the young cops. <laughs> Bury the smocks. Um, so yeah, the opener was bad. No, not bad. It was, you know. The opener was unmemorable. Yes. We already talked about this last episode. Most people are contemptuous towards the opener. They just, you know. Well, they don't show up to see them. Yeah, exactly. It was it was very sparse early on, very sparse. Yeah, and we didn't get there like early per se. I think so we were got you like closer to the front, or 15, like twenty minutes after doors open? Were you closer to the front, or were you like? Well, you got there earlier than me. Yeah, I, I got there sort of early, and we hung out on the balcony until oh, the, balcony. the show started a while, and we realized the sound was terrible up there. The Mike sound was tipping terrible. off to that. The, the sound was terrible in general. Yeah, Metro really is very reverberant. I don't know what the the scientific term is, but uh, very like echoey, and it's—I it, mean—it's always super loud. They have those giant stacks of speakers that just yeah. the sound yeah. just like goes in every direction. Hmm. It was—it yeah. was too loud and too over level. Was the thing. So like, yeah, there was some distortion lot, for sure. Yeah, you feel like stuff yeah. was getting blown out. Yeah, yeah, hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of songs just did not sound right. Where they had very subtle reverb or, you know, background instrumentals, piano, organ, just kind of got drowned out because it was so over-leveled. So, hmm. unfortunately, yeah. a few songs, like, to me, the signs of a good live band are that they sound exactly like their album, like, mm. to a T. At, at least that's what I expect from a band since I've listened to their albums and not their live albums. Um, so, like, a few songs just being off was, you know, kind of a, let down for first time sure, sure. Her, but it was still a great set so just to give like a quick rundown about half of it they played was off of uh their new album why hasn't everything already disappeared so they had a couple <clears throat> they had like an intro song that went into cryptograms which this is a super old school song. Uh, that was the first album that I listened to. That now, is Cryptogram a song about uh, our friend Graham, but he's dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. No, so it's it's cryptocurrency Graham. Like he's he's a crypto uh, investor. Yeah, it's all yeah. about that. And he just yeah. loves talking to you about how cryptocurrency is the currency of the future mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. blah. And all the rich white people use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quotes. Um, but yeah, so they did like an instrumental intro into Cryptograms, which was pretty great. Uh, but then they started going like right into the new album. They played... Uh, What's the new album called? Why, Why Hasn't has Everything been... Already Disappeared. Like you said. To me kind of two minutes ago. like a post-apocalyptic concept album oh, in so a lot certainly. of ways. Like, I know there are songs that aren't specifically about that, but it's very, doom, you know, doomy. Mm. The lyrics are. I think there's and so many albums about it, Yeah, and their songs, like, they're up, 
upbeat but still morose in a way. Well, which is yeah. pretty much their entire library, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Halcyon Digest is just is out there or weird compared to uh, you know some of their other stuff. Well, and Mono Monomania, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of a concept album about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a decent one. But uh, yeah, they played uh, Death in Midsummer, which was very catchy. Uh, but the piano or the keyboard just it didn't carry through properly because. Mm. Uh, Do you think it was a mixing uh, issue or just everything was yeah. like cranked to eleven? Uh, I'd say maybe a little of both, like a little of mixing, a little just over over leveled. Mm. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like it, it's disappointing because um, like Metro and the Aragon Ballroom are such legendary Chicago venues, but I feel like they both have that problem where mm-hmm. the, yeah, the mixing sure. is, a, is a little off, but then, always terrible. but then to account for the size of the venue or whatever, or like the lack of like good acoustics, they just blast everything. Mm-hmm. And like, it, yeah, it's especially noticeable at the Aragon. I, I don't know that I've noticed it specifically at Metro, um, but then again, like the shows that I've typically seen at Metro have been very loud bands, mm-hmm. uh, maybe with the exception of I saw... God damn it! What they? It's a band. It might even be another Deer Please. band. They have a album called Hospital. <sighs> Shit! It doesn't matter. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, not Hospice. No, not Hospice. Saying? Listeners, I need you to wait. I need you to hold the fuck wait. on. The Antlers. So not, uh, not far uh, off from Deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yeah. far from Deer. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, they are a very like hushed band. Right. Um, but yeah, I remember I remember that show not sounding terrible, but. It was a long time ago, so who the fuck knows? I've been there a few times over the last couple of years, and the sound was good. I think they were just having issues that mm, night. That's fair. I do think their stacks, like, you know, they have the uh, arch, you know, free-floating ones <laughs> right, from yeah. above, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then they have a ton of stacks on both sides on the floor, On the too. stage, yeah. I think it's, I just think they have a little bit too much sound for how small the venue mm-hmm. is, yeah. And Rory, you were saying that that especially from the balcony, it didn't sound good. Yeah, it sounded even worse from the balcony somehow. I don't, I'm not sure what the like deal was. Maybe you just weren't in the right like acoustic spot. I like, think it was maybe because there was less direct sound. Yeah, there's less right. sound like coming directly to our ears and more that was bouncing around before getting to yeah. us. Do you wear um, earplugs at shows? I did wear earplugs this time. Yeah, um, it just depends on how loud the show is. Sure, you sure. Know, uh, yeah. And like how close you're trying to get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there was a weird, like, uh, vibration or, like, reverberation on the uh, concrete bottom yeah. of the top floor. Mm. So that, like, I could notice that. You could feel it shaking, too, you know. Mm. You're not you're not hearing the reverberation of the amps. You're hearing the reverberation of your actual setting. <laughs> no, no, I, I, and, and that's that's funny, yeah. but, like, but like but yeah. It, yeah. it does happen. It's not like you can hear, like, things vibrating, yeah, and totally. it definitely interferes with the sound. Yeah, it's yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, true. Nope, scratching my beard right into my... Uh, the Aragon's extra bad because just every single surface is concrete, I think. The Aragon so sounds like utter shit. Like, everything just level. gets just distorted to the point where, you th- like, you lose a lot of the finer qualities of a lot of songs, or a lot like, of performers. I was thinking of seeing uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard there, but then... Uh, Say that ten times fast. No. Please? King Gizzard and the LW. There we go. There you go. Um... 
yeah, I just, I'm like, I don't, I just don't think it's gonna sound as good as I want. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah skip that one. Yeah, yeah the, that's a good pass. The only band that I remember seeing there that I, I didn't notice the quality or like the degrading quality of sound was the Flaming Lips, mm. and maybe because mm. they're so maximal that you know it, it wasn't as apparent. Oh, yeah. But even like the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, yeah, which yeah, they yeah, are yes. a loud band, yeah. like that, I felt like their sound was pretty pretty bad. Yeah, I mean I, not the sound of the band, but yeah. And then like especially that. <laughs> fucking movie they played beforehand the like documentary yeah. beforehand i couldn't hear anything yeah. in that documentary anyway mike continue okay so yeah enough shitting on a few of the you know <laughs> oh we'll we'll key, get back to it key it's the theme right in chicago <laughs> there's plenty of great ones out there just uh, i still uh, love that place but yeah yeah so yeah they uh yeah what was it the, oh so they followed up uh death in midsummer with element which is probably my favorite song off the new album is very very catchy uh then they played what happens to people uh it was good but because the overleveling the the keyboard wasn't that audible um then they started playing some more tracks from halcyon digest and older albums uh they played helicopter desire lanes sailing and i think they closed with coronado before the yeah. uh, mm. encore that's it but you wanted to talk about Helicopter and, and sorry, were, uh, which album is Helicopter off of? That is Halcyon Digest. Okay. Uh, before, yeah, after they after they finished Helicopter and then they were introing into Desire Lines. Mike, did, did you hear what what uh, what he was saying? He he said something about the song. He's like, this is uh, this next song is the flip side of that last song. You know, the flip side of Helicopter. Do you did you hear him say anything about that? Yeah, yeah, I didn't really pick up on it. Oh, okay, because uh, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out what the wording was. I, I couldn't remember what, exactly what he said, but I was, I'm, I was really, I don't know that piqued my curiosity, and I, I really want to figure out like what the connection between those two songs are now, because they're yeah. they're not back to back on the album, but yeah. they are on the same album. Yeah, yeah. Maybe lyrically, they're antithesis to one another. I'm not sure. Because Desire Lines just like, it starts a little kind of slow and just keeps building and building and building. And then Helicopter also starts slow, but... Builds. Oh, it doesn't start fast and then slow down. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that, yeah, that was Which my first, like, yeah, 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 trying to listen out for that. Like, no, no. So it's not as if one is the rising action and the other is like the denouement. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe it's more of a thematic um, yeah, uh, mirror. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I just I'm I'm really not good at like dissecting lyrics. I'm I'm trying to get better. I've been especially this year. I've been diving into lyrics a whole a whole lot more and reading lyrics as I'm listening to music. It, it's it's tough. It, um, I if I could make a strained analogy, it feels a little bit like when you're reading a comic book and you get really into the words, but you kind of neglect to really pick up the details of the visuals, and then you start paying attention again in one panel and you're like, Oh wait, how did we get here? Cause, cause <laughs> totally. with music, there's, there's so much going on and like, you, you know, you're trying to pay attention to the melody and like the progression of songs. If you listen to it as an album and maybe you're not dissecting the lyrics or, or they're just kind of washing over you. And, um, I, 
I, I've also been trying to be more conscientious about reading lyrics and, and kind of um, getting deeper into it with initial listenings of an album um, and like pulling up genius and just solely focusing on reading the lyrics yeah. as I'm going through an album. But it's, it's, it is, it's challenging. It's, it's a lot of work. I, I only do research for the show, to be honest. <laughs> Mike doesn't give a fuck about music I mean, outside well, of this podcast. I mean, there are some bands that I would consider myself huge fans where I'll go out and read all their interviews and obsess about them a little bit. But, I mean, it's just it's too much work to, to memorize all the lyrics. And well, I'm not saying it's not memorizing. memorizing. It's just like, it, you know, like, yeah, it's just like analyzing it yeah. like, like memorizing it yeah. and, and and i i would i would uh support your non uh dedication to that in saying that some bands i think lyrics just aren't as important mm-hmm. um whether that's because the lyrics aren't very good or they are just kind of singing about very obvious you know surface level things yeah um but yeah i think i think they're they're all are definitely those bands that Especially when the lyrics are very sparse and there is so much room for interpretation that I do like to see them on the page because it allows you to dissect it more like a poem. You know, you're, you're looking at the actual structure of, you know, how the lyrics are arranged within the song. And Genius is not always great for that because they line break at odd mm-hmm. points sometimes yeah. um, that don't match up with the recitation in the song. But um, I, I do find it very helpful. Mm-hmm. I think part of my issue is that I just... I, I'm just such an aesthetic person in general. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I just accept things or like how I engage with media. Mostly. So you're, you're drawn more to the audio quality yeah, or the, uh, and just the sonic like how quality. This, how this, the words sort of just sound. Right. The, the texture of the yeah, lyrics. The texture yeah. Of the lyrics yeah, yeah. Totally. But I'm trying to broaden my horizons there. Yeah. So. No. And, and, and I think that's the great thing about music with lyrics is that, that vocal performances can be taken on a lot of different levels. And if, if you're, happy listening to music with just that appreciation that's that's great that's fantastic um but you know it, it's there when you want to dig into it yeah. uh so i don't know a lot about deer hunter listener maybe you don't know a lot about deer hunter either um could either of you guys or together kind of give us a primer on deer hunter maybe which album to get started with your favorite songs any songs that they didn't play that night that you wish they had I was really happy with their their set list. Actually, they they, yeah. they hit everything I really wanted to hear, which was which was really great. They, nice. they certainly performed. I thought like they they they, they didn't phone it in as, as far as I would say. Um, That's great to hear because I feel like with a, a band with such a, a lengthy discography, it's it's hard to yeah. really you know hit most or all of the songs that you want to hear. Yeah, I was I was actually just <clears throat> thinking about that the other day. Like I feel like. Three LPs is like sort of the sweet spot for bands being totally. performing live. I was thinking about that too. Actually, you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I think three is a good a good number because you can choose like a good amount from each one. Like, because a headliner is usually going to have like what twenty songs. You can choose like six to eight songs from mm-hmm. each one, and it's like a really good spot. Maybe a B side or two. I think they had like 15 or 16, but like I said, they were cut short by like three or five, four songs, Um, just because, you know, they they can't play after like 1030 on Sundays or something like that. Oh, I don't know. I think, yeah, the noise. Well, I think think Metro, you can play a little longer. I think certain venues can play longer, but I think it's just like outdoors. You can't play past a certain time. Yeah, I guess it probably also depends on the type of residences that are around. Like yeah, Metro true. does butt Metro. up against to, uh, uh, you know, up against yeah, a residential neighborhood, yeah, despite totally. being in Wrigleyville, which is just a fucking hot mess all the time, yeah, a loud yeah. hot mess all the yeah, time. God. 
Yeah, their set list was pretty solid. Um, I, I really wanted to hear Breaker, though, off of their last, their second to last album, Fading Frontier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's um, That album really resonated with me. I feel like, you know, they're kind of like a, like a vibey, lo-fi punk mm-hmm. band in some ways, uh, sonically, but they've, tr- they've, you know, tried to evolve as a band and, you know, people change and tastes change. Yeah. They want to try new things. A lot of their band members have left over the years. Um, I don't know if that's from like artistic differences. I think a mm-hmm. lot of it was more scheduling issues from what I've read. Um, but uh, Fading Frontier has like a lot of synth and just a lot of layering on it that really uh, was yeah. stripped away in their latest album. The new album mm-hmm. is just a lot more, uh, I would say it has more hooks, is definitely more poppy. So besides going with Mike, I also went to this show with my brother-in-law, um, which Noah. was Noah. And uh, <laughs> made sure to remember his name. <laughs> As Rory struggled oh, to remember. Oh, was I? Who's my brother-in-law? I just throw in uh, a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like Mike. I felt like you were like my brother-in-law. Come on, guys. <laughs> If I forgot his name, there'd be real, uh, there's something real wrong with me, because uh, I'd live with him as well, so that'd be uh, really uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up, and, you and man? Also, and also, my nephew's name is also Noah. So, two Noahs? Yeah, two Noahs in one house. And he yeah. forgot them all. Forgot them all. What's my sister's name? It's like Shemp or something? That sounds um, but uh, I got some I got some notes from him on the show today, which oh, uh, were okay. pretty interesting. I thought like I, thought, I tried writing these. Oh my down. god! Do we have a a sixth guest in the room? A but ghost, by promise, come on, in, no yet another ghost. Please, uh, please, Rory, I, I, would, I would I would urge you not to forget that we do have the ghost of Phoebe Bridgers in the corner over here. Okay, okay, let's say he's not a ghost. Okay. Let's say he's, he's, he's astral projecting into our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. You're so, so what I imagine going down right now is that Noah, wherever he is, just dropped to the floor, eyes rolled in the back of his head, and he's just kind of convulsing. Yeah, yeah. That sounds, that sounds like say. him. Yeah. Like, I hope he wasn't driving. <laughs> it sounds like something he would do. That Noah always dropping to the floor and convulsing. Truly. <laughs> so, Mike, I was glad you brought up the, uh, the uh, punk aspects of Deer Hunter. Um, yeah. Noah picked up on some post-punk sounds, Ooh. which um, mm-hmm. weren't really obvious to me until he pointed them out, and then I'm like, oh yeah, totally. Um, you know, he, he he sort of like picked it out like they were, Deer Hunter was probably influenced by bands who were influenced by Joy Division. I, yeah, I feel yeah. like Bradford Cox listened to a lot of television at some point in his life. <laughs> listened to a lot of television? Is yeah, the band, the band. The band, the band oh, television, yeah, Midnight Moon. TV yeah. on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> TV killed the radio star. Um, or, radio, you know, radio. Like, you know, uh, fans and the movie radio featuring Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> Which we all recognize is a classic post-punk movie. <laughs> I was just about to say R.I.P. for some reason. How <laughs> <laughs> you said Cuba R.I.P. Cuba. Well, he is a creep now, so. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I'll have to find out more about that later. (laughs) (laughs) Used to be a big Kuba fan. You're always like, show me the Kuba. Kuba (laughs) Scuba. You 
I'm part of the Koopa Stink fan club. <laughs> we should just end this now. Oh, yep, over. That's a wrap. That's peak 90s. Third right and final there. episode. Jerry, Jerry Maguire's Koopa Stank. Okay. Show me the Koopa I This is probably not a true story, but does anyone know the legend of how Hoopa Stank got their name? No. Okay. Again, no, this no, is probably sure to. totally bullshit. I didn't want to know. But apparently, like during the early stages of their band, they were practicing in whatever garage that they, you know, formed in, and someone farted, and someone, another, a fellow bandmate said, Who butt stank? And. <laughs> The rest is history. And the rest I is really history. hope that's true. I, I, I so badly want that's it to like be true. The, that's the way I want to find like find my band name. Yeah. It's like somebody like dies in the middle of a concert and we're like... Why does this body smell? And, like, it's, and, it's and then you body just shorten smell? it. Yeah. It's body it's smell. Just, it's just, it's just, Wabasmal. Wabasmal. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Rory, we have grossly sidetracked you. Please, continue. And I help. Um, yeah, so he... he <laughs> Uh, you know, influenced by bands, influenced by Joy Division was sort of uh, he, w- what he thought of it. Like, uh, maybe like the band Chameleons UK. He played me a sample of some of their stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely hear it. Um, so this this one really blew my mind. He made a comparison to early U2. Oh. Mm. Like October. Mm. The album October or maybe Boy. A little bit. Mm. Okay. Um you know, uh, especially his voice, because we, we listened to some yeah. YouTube before I, I came over here, and I'm like, yeah, I definitely hear it, and the, and mixed with the Charlatans UK, like, the, the tightness and, like, the, the strain in his throat, you know, those two singers mixed together, maybe, um, and then definitely, like, the drumming, you know, the post-punk kind of drumming, and, and mm-hmm. the uh, the snare drum, like, really tuned in, like, really hitting hard. Really sharp. Yeah. Sounded real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it did at the show, too. Like, they had that yeah. part, Very for catchy. sure. Yeah. I uh, can see yeah. Bradford Cox kind of wiggling around to some Gang of Four, you know? It's like <laughs> real, really angular guitar riffs. The drums were solid. I yeah, mean, the drums really were good. Yeah, yeah. You can't really fuck that up in over-leveling, I feel like. As long as it hits you in the heart. Yeah. Right or the gonads. <laughs> I have nothing have to add to that. I don't have those. Yeah. Well, right in the boobs, sort right? of, but they're, they're just kind of like, yeah, yeah. Right the, the inside gonads. Mm-hmm. Upper. Upper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we all have the, the, uh, some the, people the, have uppers, some people have downers. The so. distal, the median and the, and the uh, proximal <laughs> gonads. Interior. Uh-huh. Yep. And the, um, uh, the average gonads, um, which are inside and outside. Um, so yeah, Mike. I, I'm sorry, were, were you finished? I was done with that, yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I, it's probably good that they didn't play a lot of Fading Frontier, even though I would, would have really liked to hear more than one track, uh, just because of the over-leveling issues. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just there's too much subtlety and layering that would have just been completely you know, unnoticed oh, wow. and yeah, mm-hmm. gone by. So. Um, but yeah, after sailing... Uh, they played Cover Me, uh, which is Cover slowly. Me Slowly. Yeah, which is just an instrumental that builds into Agoraphobia from uh, their album Microcastle. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a wonderful song.
very catchy uh, off their new album. And then I think they close with Coronado uh, from Halcyon Digest. And then uh, I think they announced either the last song or second to last song that uh, they were wrapping up because, you know, of time constraints. And then uh, after Coronado, he's Did like, the crowd see you boom. in a minute. And then they left for a, literally a minute and came right back out. Yeah, they, they had some water. They had, they, had a, they, had, they did a wee. And, uh, you know, came back out. Yeah, quickly. Yeah, no, I I like bands that don't belabor the encore because I definitely remember going to shows as like a teenager where they would leave for like five minutes and yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, yeah. you have it's your called a break, Julian. Ha, have your pills pre-ground up so you can just go in the back, snort them up. Some weeds take longer than others. That's that's true. Sometimes that's true. you got a shy bladder. <laughs> come on, come on. Sometimes you got an come on wee. Sometimes you got an off wee. Yeah, on wee. Uh, Onwees make me very sad. Offwees, <laughs> curiously, also make me sad. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. I just have a really sad penis. Um, <clears throat> oh. So, but on the whole, despite the production shortcomings yeah. of Metro, how, how do we feel about the show? Band did great. Venue let me down. So much. Yeah, yeah, he kept like looking over to the sound guy to the to the left of him mm-hmm. and like making was making notes. the cut it. Yeah. You know, oh God. Yeah, neck gestures. His neck, I think he. I think he did head, chef no. fingers at one point. I wasn't sure. Did jazz was hands yeah. to get this next song jazzed up? Yeah. So, so he was interpretive dancing and or trying to communicate with the sound. Pointing with his pinky finger. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Very. Ooh. ooh <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so. So I guess. <laughs> look, if you're not going to point aggressively, why point at all? Um, exactly. I guess. Last question, guys. How was the crowd? It was interesting. Uh, at one point, they, I mean, the, everybody was there for Deer Hunter, so everybody mm. was very supportive. I heard somebody yell out, I want to hug you, Aww. which I thought was very sweet. Uh, still heard the innocuous yet fucking annoying uh, play Freebird. God damn it, Chicago. Yeah. How come yeah. everyone does that? You know, everybody stop. thinks it's hilarious and original. Something that was noticeably Not. absent. That uh, the crowd did not yell was fuck, fuck you. Fuck you at the Freebird person? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> okay, you at Bradford Cox. Oh. Uh, Is that a common guy, thing? Did you guys hear about the story? There was a. Oh, I think the it woman was in who. Portland, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess as the story goes, uh, he, he was just bantering with the crowd and he was talking about uh, going to some, like, nature preserve or something. Yeah, I think that's. Like that. It and might have been. Uh, an Indian reservation? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think maybe either currently or on a formerly or, or a land formerly owned by a Native American tribe. I'm not clear on those exact details, but apparently a woman in the crowd. I don't remember reading if if she was Native American or just felt like she had to pillory him for something. But she basically accused him of cultural appropriation during the show. Um, and I guess like he, they were like talking for like 10 minutes or something, right? Quite a while. Yeah. And, wow. and, 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 uh, I mean, good on Bradford Cox for not just like getting her, you know, thrown out of the venue and actually engaging with her. I mean, disruptive to the show, but <laughs> yeah, he, I, I, I remember reading something where he was like, 
like lady my life has been like uh, a don't call me dude because i'm like how do you know that i'm not gender non-binary or like gender non-conforming and like right. my gender is not something that i talk about and then he was saying like my life has been basically nothing but struggle like i deal with health issues like i have to like you know just basically like kind of letting it be able to believe you yes yeah yeah, yeah. He was um, hit by a car too during fading oh frontier. god he was walking his dog what? in atlanta yeah jeez oh i think i did hear that yeah he but and 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 it's fine if you want to like you know hold the artist that you love to a certain standard but it feels like a show is not the place to like engage in that sort of dialogue yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wonder how much they paid for their tickets yeah <laughs> and if if they went in with that intention like Ooh, if he says this thing i'm gonna they were just you know they heard twin peaks and went off i guess yeah yeah and and, and i mean to somewhat try to sympathize with this woman's point of view i feel like yeah native americans are not a culture that are often defended or or are really visible in mm -hmm. kind of the the modern you know cultural sensitivity milieu but yeah just choose your choose, choose the time of your battles a little bit better you know well, like catch them outside the show and be like hey bradford like you said this thing on stage and i i just kind of wanted to like address my issue with you or like something like that he could have he, he could have you know cut the conversation way shorter than 10 minutes and mm -hmm. just like catch me outside how about that yeah and i think that and everyone would have been like Woo! we know that meme or lady girl what is her name no, that sounds like fuck. a fitting story for portland i mean that has a very checkered past and yeah. i feel like are you talking about the flannel that too. <laughs> good one. Yeah, thank, thank you. Um, so I feel like that now that a lot of liberal people and artists have moved there, a lot of free spirits, they've kind of, you know, become inoculated and in learning like the very checkered history of Portland. They're yeah. not overshooting, but just really trying to like cut it Earnestness. off. Yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna, we're going to kind of make this a a jumbo episode. We don't have to go super in depth with this next topic. Ne Jesus Harsh, topic. Next topic of conversation, but uh, as you may have picked up on, listener, the venue at which this show went down is the legendary Metro in the Wrigleyville neighborhood of Chicago. Uh, it's a venue that's been around for, I don't, I don't even know how long. Do you know how long? Does anyone know how no, long? No. 800 uh, oh, years. A while. A very metropolitan amount of time. Hey, I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I feel like we've all probably had very memorable experiences at metro mm. so mike this is kind of your baby do you want to tee it up uh yeah the first i mean the first concert i ever went to was warp tour which is you know a bigger punk festival but uh my first actual, wait so so what was what, what the topic my the metro my first actual show yeah, was at the metro <laughs> to see tiger army so but uh, so but the topic is what what is your first experience at the metro or your most memorable? I kinda let's forgot. Do first. Oh, I was gonna I thought we were I'm first. First? First? Yeah. first? First? All right. So we are going to talk about our first experiences seeing a band or an artist at Metro Chicago. Mike, yeah, take so her away. My first ever show and first show at the Metro was to see Tiger Army. Kicking stand up bass. Tiger Army so featuring Nick drums. 13's biceps. Uh, yeah, Nick 13 fucking killed it. Uh, I believe they play every year on October 13th or try and play as many 
uh, as they can at Metro. Yeah. Halloween or Halloween proximity shows. Mm -hmm. That's another band that's gone through heavy rotation where pretty much just the singer is still around. They don't uh, like to talk about their weight problems, though. Yeah. I I mean, it's... it's, Why publicize that if no one's really asking, you know? (laughs) Um, It was a good show. Music, from what I can remember, but I was a kid back then, was good. Um, And you were just kind of like, goo goo gaga, and like clapping your hands. You're five years old. No, no, I was a teenager, because I had contacts in, and this... But just to show you how... (laughs) What? I thought you you knew you were a teenager. Can I... Can I finish? No. Here's what I know about teens. Love Fortnite, love Mountain Dew, always wearing contacts. No, just to show my age, uh, back then they allowed indoor smoking still. And I was up on the second floor and I had contacts in, and my eyes were on fire in the show because of all the smoke that just built up. Your friends were like, Mike, you're so emotionally affected by Tiger. And you're like, no, there's just a lot of smoke in here. I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Didn't see the greatest, but... Tiger Army is... You had your eyes closed the whole time. Tiger Army is such a fantastic live band. Mm-hmm. I mean, between the the texture that the stand-up bass adds, Nick 13's really, like, melodic but forceful voice, mm-hmm. and their... Bass. Yeah, and then, and then their ability to kind of very deftly kind of interweave um, punk and, and some really slowed-down, really mellow rockability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they're labeled as a psychobilly band, but like, if you've ever listened to like the Necromantics, which are like, I feel like they're are, are their most uh, or their closest peers. Yeah. Necromantics are like much more aggressive. So maybe they play <clears throat> together a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Devil's Garden is like way way slower compared to like ninety percent of their stuff. Yeah. But yeah, they kind of they kind of pair the album down or wind it down towards the end mm-hmm. to get those rockabilly songs in there. Sort of like a sleepy psychobilly band. Is that, is that uh, how you describe it? I would say more of a sensual psychobilly Ooh. band. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, like, a lot of their imagery deals with, like, moonlight and and just very ethereal qualities. Um, flying, uh, flying... Flying bat heads? Yeah. Flying <laughs> just with, the heads. Uh, just, no, we're literally just the heads. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so sort of like a gold bat situation? Well, uh, mm, yeah, so oh, a basically head. a tiger head with bat wings. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, uh, yeah, good band. Good, good band. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Sasha? Oh, I completely already forgot what we were talking about. Um, First experiences at the Metro. Yeah. Or, uh, sorry, at Metro Chicago, because there's no the. Metro right? Chicago. And don't confuse it for a mode of transportation. A lot of people do that. Yeah, it's yeah. not the Metro. Like, if um, you think you're going to see Tiger Army on the Metro, I mean, that'd be great. Probably not gonna I, happen. I would see that. I they would, would just play a. They would play. The room. They would just play a song in every car, like switch cars every. Yeah. yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Actually. And then finale on the the roof every, of the train. <laughs> every cabin, different song. That would be great. Yeah. Okay. Um. So my first experience was back in I think two thousand. two thousand seven or two thousand eight. Um, I saw Girl Talk. Wow. Yeah. That was 
must have been fun. Um, it was. It, it was like the first, I think it was like the first Chicago show I'd even seen too because that was my freshman year of college. Um, but yeah, that was like Pete Girl Talk and... Greg Gillis of Girl Gawk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was really fun. Like I just remember, I mean, you can't really like distinguish like what my favorite song was right, because yeah, it's yeah. like you know it's all blended together i mean, I, I, I love that 15 seconds of that one <laughs> yeah. song i definitely have like i do have like mixes on on it that i do love a lot like the specific ones so i don't know the names to them but anyway mm-hmm. um i just remember it's the one with the elton john sample right <laughs> there's like one there is one with like an earth wind and fire sample that i love a lot um anyway um so I, th- I think all I really remember was just that a, l- a lot of my friends were there that I didn't know were there. And Girl Talk uh, lets people on stage a lot. And mm. the guy, one of the guys that I had a crush on at the time was let on stage. And I remember being like trying to get up there. Like, I don't want to get up there with my crush. Like, <laughs> like a lo- little loser. Um, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun, and I was too young to drink, so it. I was. I just had pure, uh-huh. un, un, uh, un. What? Adulterated. Oh yeah, I got pure, pure unadulterated fun. Um, yeah, it's a good show. I. It's one of those things where like you don't need to see them again, really though. Like just because it's usually going to be the same. So because he he played like like, the album like. The, the one at the time that was like really big like just that entire thing and so then, it, it was like you're seeing greg gillis just play literally play just that, on his yeah. album and, and people just dancing like, on stage yeah, yeah like yeah. yeah basically there was like some differences and like some you know elements of djing that yeah. he did but it was still like all the same pretty much everything was in the same order you know he didn't yeah. just press the space bar on his old <laughs> and then walk away, and yeah. walk away. Yeah. <laughs> he totally could have I'm girl talk. I'm really deep in the crown right now, so I'm just gonna press play and then go backstage. You guys are good. good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, Have you guys seen the series of uh, like, I guess they you'd call them like dance films that went along with All Day? Mm. Um, It's shot, I think, mainly in Manhattan, um, New York, uh, on the island of Manhattan. But uh, basically, there's like three or four dancers that they cut between. And just with the album playing kind of, uh, um, is it diegetically? Diegetically. Mm-hmm. And just they're like dancing. And like the people around them clearly aren't just, the people around them clearly aren't, don't know what's going on. But then it culminates in this almost like flash mob thing in Central Park. Um, it's really uh, beautiful. Um, and, and the music is great. That sounds great. Yeah. There's definitely a part on the Staten Island Ferry with one of the dancers. That's really fun. Um, yeah, it's it's cool. Definitely worth checking. Like I th- that was one of the first things I remember being really big on Vimeo. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was exclusively on Vimeo for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Vimeo exclusive. Mm-hmm. So not on the Metro, but on the Staten Island Ferry. So yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slightly close. Right. So you had to have the laptop on the Staten Island Ferry with Vimeo <laughs> queued up. Mm-hmm. Um, it like the it was hard to watch, not because like it was graphic, but it, you had to be in such a specific context. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Staten Island Ferry, like the the ride is like twenty minutes, so mm-hmm. and that album is like forty, so you yeah. you know you had to take it twice yeah. round trip to to get the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Julian is being facetious, listeners. No, I'm not. I'm being one hundred percent genuine. Please do not put words in my mouth. Or your hands. Oh, God. Well, salty. Salty hands. Yeah, anyway. It's, it's sweaty in here. 
Rory, what was your foist experience at Metro? I had no recollection. I had to look it up. Um, luckily, I had a, a system for doing so, which is going to my old last FM account, mm-hmm. and uh, where I cataloged all the shows I went to from, I don't know, 2007 to maybe even pretty to, current. To open, to 2007 hyphen Triple blank. Triple Yeah. yeah. Um, so I found out, uh, my first show at Metro was Hot Chip and Growing oh, wow. for them, nice. September 28th, seven months earlier um and so to me similar to sasha i feel like that was peak hot chip mm-hmm, so i was sure. pretty yeah that was a good show uh, from what from what <laughs> i can remember but you know on that album made in the dark you you have the their super hit that just has never never gone down which is ready for the floor mm-hmm. um out of the pictures shake a fist uh, yeah. all three of those on the beginning of the album was just like hit so hard mm-hmm. and then um one of my favorites off that album album is one pure thought which is a little slower of a song but very nice um and then there are two previous albums they played off of um the warning from 2006 mm-hmm. and then coming out strong from 2004 which yeah the warning was my peak hot chip because of uh over and over mm. yeah. excellent, excellent yeah. Song. which was maybe like I, I think that was the first song i've ever heard of theirs which which i experienced through the music video which is just a fantastic mm-hmm. it's like metatextual music video about like the absurdity of of music video performance and it's not like there's a lot of greens they're just i i love that band's sense of yeah, humor it's so band. absurdist at times um that must have been an amazing show yeah <laughs> i wish you could remember it, i really do yeah i really do um you, know, you, I, you probably danced <laughs> probably danced no i remember i remember where i stood because I, I can remember looking up at and at just the did not move, just arms crossed, just <laughs> just like, right people don't dance no more. They just stand no more. like this, C- kind of a furrowed brow, just kind of nodding. Yeah, yeah. that's very intimidating as an artist to see just a bunch of white guys with their arms crossed. <laughs> yeah, like, like, a little bit of nodding. It doesn't look like they're enjoying the show. Yeah. And then, you talk to him afterwards, and like, yeah, it was an awesome show. Yeah, like, like, like <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Hotchip is probably like, oh, so many derisive blog posts are going to be written about this performance. <laughs> you can't tell, but I'm losing my mind. My <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. MySpace is going to slam us later. This <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm glad for you, circa, you know, ten plus years ago. I'm sure you had a good time. I, I hope. <laughs> Otherwise, what kind of morose ass bastard were you? You know, more than ten years ago, just just I was probably loud. just already sensitive to the music being too loud. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you're doing fine, was, but can we turn it know, down? At Nineteen, I was already deep into listening to NPR, so I was such an old man already. <laughs> you're like less beats, more vocal fry, please. <laughs> um, so mine was extremely easy to remember uh, because. Uh, my first show at Metro Chicago was also the first show that I ever went to in Chicago, and it was Titus Andronicus. Oh, it's not the Lord. 
best coast opening for them. Oh, wow. Um, touring after the monitor, which, uh, as the last two co-hosts have mentioned, I feel was peak Titus Andronicus, <laughs> despite the fact that they've had a very storied discography since then. Uh, the monitor was only their second album, but it was the first uh, of a, a few concept albums that they've done. And if you're unfamiliar with the monitor, um, it takes its name after a Civil War battleship. Um, and the album, The Monitor, is loosely a, a concept album uh, using the setting of the Civil War to explore themes of depression and social anxiety and um, Patrick Stickles now uh, quite publicized eating disorder. Um, but it's just an amazing, amazing dynamic album. And... Um, at the time, they had this young female guitarist who just had the most boisterous, bubbly energy and would like hop around stage. And it's when it's when Patrick Stickles first started um, his like Americana affectation, where he had a, a miniature American flag tied to uh, the lower strap on his guitar. And they had just started moving away from their kind of shabby. Um, kind of garage punk aesthetic and getting into a little bit more polish but still with the driving aggression of a band a band that clearly comes from punk roots um, but with just with like a really expanded scope of ambition um, and conversely to that that was the show where I realized that maybe Best Coast wasn't as good as we all kind of made them out to be at first. Um, very limited range of songwriting um, and something that I personally find very grating in lyric writing, which is very on rhymes. So like rice rhymes with dice. Um, good rhymes with should. Yeah. And like every rhyme is like that. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense that um, I, I would identify this kind of simplistic songwriting as a few years later, she would release a, album of children's music, uh, oh, Bethany yeah. Constantino. Yeah. Um, I, I think as personalities, uh, both she and their guitarist, I forget what his name is, but he's produced a bunch of albums um, kind of over the, over the last like eight or five or eight years. Mm -hmm. That's a big range. Um, but they, like, uh, I, they seem like really fun people. They are just like yeah. real chill uh, like West Coast know. stoners. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the music just does not do very much for me. Um, but... That show was insane. Not, not insane, just really energetic. There was a great pit. Um, Titus Andronicus fucking killed it. Like, they played every song on the monitor that I wanted them to play. Um, there is a song called Richard the Third. Making sure that I'm not fucking this up. Nope, it's Richard the Second or Extraordinary Popular Dimensions and the Madness of Crowds, parentheses, Responsible Hate Anthem. And it has this opening drum riff. And it escalates in a, it escalates and then pays off in a way that still gives me chills when I listen to it. Um, also, the song that closes out that album, "The Battle of Hampton Roads," is a 14-minute epic that feels much more brief, um, just because of of the pure propulsive energy of its verses. Um, Tyson Dronix is still one of my favorite bands to this day. I think they're an electrifying live band. Sasha, yeah, you and I have gone to see them uh, around the local business tour. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't go to a Titus Andronica show expecting just like a real chill experience. Yeah, you don't have to stand there. Yeah. Uh, the show that Sasha and I went to at Lincoln Hall, mm -hmm. um, I had, because uh, we went to two shows over that weekend. We mm -hmm. saw Bully and then we saw Titus Andronicus. And Titus Andronicus Both was the second Hall. show. I just uh, saw Bully last night. Nice. Yeah. They, oh, at Chicago Theater. Yeah, they opened up for Lord Huron. Um, Lord Huron. Yeah. Holy like, shit, that's awesome! I'm yeah, so happy for I them. Really, they got to play really Chicago wish, Theater. Really that's awesome. That, yeah. How did you How did you like it? 
fully. Um, I thought they, they were they were fine. It really actually made me want to uh, see Japanese breakfast here coming up uh, pretty soon. Uh, I forget what the venue they're coming to, but just like um, you know, I, I really like the drumming actually uh, of theirs. Um, the, the vocals not as much, but like the parts of the vocals I did like reminded me of Japanese breakfast. Hmm. Yeah, so interesting. I I, I don't. The parallels between those two groups aren't as immediate to me, but yeah. I, I... Yeah, sometimes I take some some weird... Uh, I make some weird connections. Hey, sometimes. man, whatever can get more people to Japanese <laughs> breakfast fandom, more more power to you. Um, but yeah, so, so to get back to my story, um, Tyson Dronicus was the second show of the weekend, and I think we were both a little tired, and I said to Sasha before the show, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of like chill and hang back and stand here and then i think maybe two or three songs in the pit opened up and i look at sasha and i was like i'm gonna go to the pit and i just ran and i was just standing there (laughs) but um yeah just like they are uh a really high energy rock band through and through and they play hot licks steaming ticks those songs live um, from local business were so good. The drumming on that album is also uh, really great. Yeah. I'm not so familiar with them. How did they compare to a band like Japan Droids or something? Uh, less oh. anthemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I would say they're very indebted to Springsteen oh. um, in their mm-hmm. kind of like uh, uh, working class hero type vibe. Okay. Um, but Springsteen via... Whew, that's tough. Springsteen... The uh, Desaparecidos. Do you know Desaparecidos? No, no, Connor no. Rubber's single album, or no. I guess now they have two albums, but like his punk band. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But with a definite like, so Springsteen by way of like Americana punk. Okay. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, their later output has been inconsistent. Not inconsistent, uh, of varying quality. I guess that's inconsistent. But but they, they've always they've always retained um, a very specific sense of themselves. Okay. Um, totally. And they are a band that's not afraid to take different creative avenues, even if it leads to diminishing re- diminishing returns. Um, for example, their fourth LP was a double concept album um, that was according to Patrick Stickles, the lead singer and lead songwriter was a rock opera and had a short film to go with it. Mm. Um, they're just, they're very creative. And again, it doesn't always work out for the best. And I, I going along with like, like the negative aspects of punk fandom, where if bands like start to go outside of like what people expect from them. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's not even sold out, but like, like I remember watching a documentary about against me and this like Florida gutter punk talking about like, Oh Tom. And he was, uh, Lord Jane Grace was still Tom Gable at the time before she transitioned. And he was saying like, Oh yeah. Like Tom Gable doesn't even sound like Tom Gable on the new album, which oh, is yeah. an yeah, absurd sentence to say because yeah. it's still the same human being. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's that, it's that weird dichotomy of like, Oh, punk's like, you know, refuge for the misfits and the misunderstood, but we want you to be a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, to sum it all up, I think we all love Metro. Um, maybe it's not our favorite venue anymore just because Shokairo has so many legendary, amazing, like wonderful venues, but uh, definitely some good memories were made, right? If we can remember them. <laughs> <laughs> I, c- I can make up new ones. Cool. Uh, I heard you saw Radiohead before they were even popular at Metro. Oh, I guess I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back when Tom York was still uh, Scott... Fletcherson before he changed his name. Yeah, when he when he was full Fletch. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I know so little about Radiohead, <laughs> I can't even riff on that. When they were still like a smaller head? They were when they were a gram- gramophone head. No, they're a game, bo- game phone head. Or game, game, no, game boy head. Game boy game head. head. There you go. Game boy head. That's a good name. Game boy fetus. Um, <laughs> so as we do every two weeks, folks, it's time for jams, comma, Fortnite. What did you listen to? Oh. Rory, as our exalted special human fifth guest um what is uh what is a song you want to recommend to our listeners a song i would love to recommend whoa whoa, whoa. i said you want to recommend not love to recommend chill come on if i could just chill down chill Chill down chill up chill out chill chill sound a song i would recommend you should recommend okay is a song I've been listening to maybe the past six months now, and I am not sick of it. Every single time it comes on, I'm turning the volume up. On. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't remember the names of things. <laughs> something, something by the so-and-sos. Mm-hmm. You got it. I'm recommending... Acid King by Malibu Ken. Pilot Sabbath, the Judas, and all tunes prudence seems tame now, but then it was devil music. Rick Six, the nickname clicks, makeshift altar in a clearing in the sticks. Forfeit a kitten by the forks from the kitchen, but horsemen who drew the same symbols. Pitchforks waving at a grand theft, four by four support system, alas. Angus on the axe in the back, foreground offering a pitch dark animal corpse in backyard, black mass in the brash curiosity. Got the grave robbery to pump and pluck skulls at a cemetery property. Cops cuff him and stuff him in amity, but asylum. It's fantasy island, but there was lions at the Ever heard of it. it flew right over my head to describe it to me. This is Aesop Rock with Tobacco of Black Moth Super Raver. Holy shit. Oh, right. I saw Black Moth Super Raver open for Aesop Rock yeah. uh, when I lived in LA. Great. Yeah, it was a wonderful show. Awesome. Um, yeah, so they, they put out a collaboration album earlier. What is it? Year. Malibu Ken? Malibu Ken is the name of the out. project. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it's those dirty, nasty beats that Tobacco mm-hmm. makes with uh, with Aesop Rock rapping over the top. Uh, is it still kind of psychedelic? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so this song is about this guy who um, murdered some people. Uh, awesome. Might have been part of a cult or something. Sure. Um, yeah. And just it, it goes it goes through this whole story of what led up to these murders and in in exquisite detail. Yeah. Um, and just the sound of this song just pairs perfectly with it, which makes the song even better is seeing the music video. Mm. The music video I would say is essential to filling out the experience. I don't want to give too much away. Um, it's a, it's an Mike anime. is so he's balling spoilers. his fist. Don't do it. I hate spoilers. But it's, I it's always a, have a shit ready for people that spoil things. Just a, I just need to give it a little bit of warning for people who might be squeamish. All right, I mean Mike's gonna break a toothbrush off okay, in your throat. Yeah, but... it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's an animation that gets very gross and it, in the vein of Garbage Pail Kids. Mm. Ooh, uh, yeah. So, so like, like grotesque, vibes? gross. Yeah, yeah. Eighties yeah. vibes for sure. Like. Yeah. Uh, what was that? The other uh, Toxic Avengers? No. Yeah, ish. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just a lot, lot of like boils and oh yeah, and lots goo. of yeah, yeah, yeah. dripping Wars. and peeling. Yeah, yeah. Stop, stop, pimples. <laughs> and... 
Sasha's getting hella triggered right now. Stop. Um, that that's great. Like uh, um, I love Aesop Rock, even though I, I haven't really like dedicated a lot of listening time to him, you know, for a while. But I I, I love his story songs. Mm-hmm. Um, the first of which I ever heard was uh, I think what's it called No Regrets off of Labor Days. Um, it's about a woman who just lives her life with no regrets. Um, it's it and it, it 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 sounds amateurish by like his modern output because. It, like I think that was maybe his second LP, but he's just he's really great at, at building these like escalating narratives over the course of a song. Um, and it's funny because like I, I remember when I first started listening to Aesop Rock, I showed him to a few of my coworkers who were more like LA hip hop heads, and they were like, "Where's the bass? Where is any heavy bass?" And I'm like, "Well, it's not really about the production so much as it is the lyrics, because he's so like his lyrics are so dense and so naughty. technical. Yeah, yeah. Something I heard about his lyrics is that." he more than any other rapper ever uses repeats words fewer than what's the word he repeats words less than any other rapper. right he doesn't adhere to like a pop structure yeah yeah i mean he he just doesn't repeat yeah he doesn't repeat anything like not even like more common words yeah (laughs) like it's very rare that rare that he'll have a chorus it's usually just like a linear path from beginning to end exactly and that really supports the storytelling yeah i i think one of the criticisms that was lobbied against him early on his career was that he he it felt like he rapped um with no uh he he rapped without acknowledging the beat. Like it was almost as if someone yes. just took his yeah, yeah. took his lyrics and then smashed it together with a beat that was kind of close. I could hear that, but I I, I can still tell that he's no, he's and he's definitely gotten better about it. Yeah. Like like he's he's definitely become a better rapper um, to the point where his vocals coalesce more with with the production. Good recommendation. Thanks for bringing yeah. ASAP Rock back into our lives. Um, not to be confused with ASAP Rocky, oh, which like I, I felt like I was on the verge Seating. of saying that um, a few times. Yeah, apparently he beat someone to death, or not to death, but yeah. yeah. Anyway. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to look into that. I used to be a real big sap head. Uh, he's sap. being held in some Swedish prison um, currently. Or by, yeah, and Trump is trying to get him out, but he made it worse. So as he does, uh, <laughs> Sasha. What song are you recommending this fortnight? Um, so you guys had a lot to say about your last song. I'm sorry, I don't have as much to say. Um, but I'm gonna pick um, an artist we saw at Pitchfork last weekend. Um, a song called Miami by Kate LeBron. Some people are bored. just started to really listen to Kate LeBron because of this last record. Um, Same here. Um, the new album is called Reward. And it's, it's, it's the song in particular, it, it opens the album and it has just, she also opened um, her set with this at Pitchfork. Um, it's just a very like, there's like this bass that, that's underneath the whole time, like a synthy bass underneath the entire time. And it's just, the song is very, like, hypnotic in a way, mm. but, like, it's just, um, I just, I don't know, like, it's always stuck in my head. 
Um, and lyrically, there's like, it, there's barely any lyrics. It's very sparse. Um, but it's, it seems like a very like personal song to this artist. Um, yeah, I, that album in general, I recommend the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's intoxicating in a really relaxing way. Exactly. Yeah, um, I felt like we could just stand there with our eyes closed and sway back mm-hmm. and forth, and it was just a really nice experience. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching her performance of Pitchfork because she was at this like three quarters uh-huh. position to the, the crowd time. the whole time, and which it, it, it felt like a very French thing. It did. It really um, did. The way she was moving her arms. Was yeah, like, right. she's she's yeah. like a really statuesque performer mm-hmm. not a lot of movement but but clearly it's it's a little bit in service of her vibe and a little totally. bit in service of projecting her voice yeah. um she was fantastic i had so never cool. heard of her before her mm-hmm. pitchfork performance and i was i was really captivated by it mm-hmm. um i also like this new trend of uh i feel like her album cover and sasami's album cover have the same energy yeah, totally. it's just it's like women yeah. women in like a natural setting and they're just kind of like <laughs> doing like something moving yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 and it's always the wrong place for it. There's no cabs going through. Here. Yeah, it's also <laughs> like Kate, Street, get it together, girl. Kate, why are you Kate, wearing that dress in those Kate, hills? Yeah, those are ro- those are, those are rocky crags. Kate, You're gonna careful. slip. Um, yeah, no, her her whole outfit was great. At like, least wear flats. I'm, I'm hoping she's wearing boots or something. Something with some traction, you know. Mm-hmm. Something um, to protect your ankles. Yeah. Y- yes. <laughs> the, the chances that you're going to roll something and, and be off your feet for, for months is mm-hmm. very high. And you're you're a performing musician. You need to be on your feet, Kate. I mean, come on, Katie. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think she's she's a really, she's like enigmatic in a really interesting yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and what a haircut. Yeah, oh, yeah, we were, we talking, were talking about we were that. We talking about her sli- yeah. like slip back haircuts is a very French thing yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah because uh, so um, Jenny Beth, the lead singer of the, the French band Savages, has a very similar haircut of just like very slicked back. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it it's it's an interesting because it, it's I think if you were to kind of take it out of context, it is a very masculine haircut. But I, I feel very like soccery haircut. Fr- <laughs> <laughs> Football, please. Um, but I feel like like French women, French musicians in specific, have like kind of co-opted it into like. Yeah, Christina mm-hmm. the Queen's also. Yep. Mm-hmm. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna have to be on the lookout for it. Yeah. Very, uh, uh, Bader Meinhof, you know. It's it's one of those things where now that we've pointed it out to you, you're gonna start to see it everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You're gonna be like, oh, that cloud has Kate LeBond's haircut. <laughs> Wow, that dog. Um, it, the, uh, the, the way that she uses <laughs> the way she uses brass in that mm-hmm. album uh, is uh, yeah. it's not overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like these background accents, but uh, it helps nice fill lo- out the it's sound. It's a nice lull, you know. Like mm-hmm. there's just like a, a lowing quality to her music too. Like it's just yeah. very soft. I feel like it's one of those albums that you just like lay on your bed and just like sit at the ceiling. Literally did that two yeah. days ago. It's yeah. excellent it's, evening it's music. Great. It really is mm-hmm. evening music. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Like, the sun is sort of not going down yet, but, yeah. like, there's that hue, like, the golden hour. Well, fucking dead-ass Chicago sun sets at, like, 845 <laughs> yeah. these days, and I'm like, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, Kate LeBond, though, big recommend. Yes, huge. Mike? Uh, Are you ready? Yeah, I Mike? guess I'm ready. Uh, well, I guess in the spirit of Pitchfork, since we're going to do... Another podcast on that. Spoiler again, Mike! For someone who doesn't like spoilers, jeez. Jeez, a creaser. I was going to recommend uh, the song Baja Ragas by Bitchin' Bajas. That's a Chicago band.
They're all about. Picking Can you it. say that again slowly so that the our, so that our listeners don't think you just had a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it slowly. Then they'll think you had a stroke. Do it faster. Can you say it again faster? <laughs> yes, uh, Bajas Ragas by Bishan Bajas. <laughs> Bajas Ragas. That I. Those were. I just. I love the way that whole thing sounded, Mike. Thank you. Baja, right I mean, bitchin' is a great adjective yeah, yeah. as a band name. <laughs> Having that in there, but uh, yeah, they're a Chicago band that they played at Pitchfork. Um, th- this track is just has really good loop to it, good vibes. It's good summer music mm-hmm. to just chill. Like good music to listen to at work if you want to be productive, have something a little upbeat, but not. But also maybe like shave down your anxiety a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 bitch and Bajas were kind of a last minute addition to Pitchfork um, because uh, one of the other not dropped out. uh, They had visa troubles, so they they couldn't get into the country. Um, And and yeah, uh, so so good addition to the lineup apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were checking them out uh, before we went. We didn't see their set, but yeah, I fancy that song. Nice. You fancy it. Yeah. Oh, you think it's fit, huh? Oh, make it fancy. Would you like to bite some chips in the loo? <laughs> um, Is that your British impersonation? Big, big, shut up, it's very good. It's shite. Good. <laughs> it's shite. Uh, the Thames. Uh, so, the song that I want to recommend is called Try to Disappear by the band Baroness. I don't listen to a lot of metal, and I think for a band that's technically classified as metal, they exist on the periphery of probably what diehard metalheads would consider, you know, real metal. But um, Baroness are an amazing band, uh, prolific, really creative. Um, metal's another genre that I feel like is very uh, restricted by its fan base. Um, I feel like they have very specific notions of what metal should be, and uh, Baroness often transcend and, and um, you know, work outside of those confines. Um, Try to Disappear is off of their, probably their most famous album called Purple from 2015, um, and it's just a fucking rager. It's, it's so propulsive, and it makes you just want to, like, like, sprint a mile or, like, like do the Steve Rogers thing of like you're boxing the sandbag and just punch it <laughs> off the chain. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's so fucking hype. Um, and it strangely enough comes after the single of that album called shock me, which is another fantastic song, but I feel doesn't quite live up to like the aggressive perfection of try to disappear. Um, and I don't know a lot about Baroness. So this will be kind of the, uh, appendix to my recommendation. Um, so Baroness, 
like Deer Hunter, like other bands that we've talked about today, is a band that has had a lot of turnover in their membership um, with uh, the lead singer, lead guitarist, whose name I don't have on hand, um, but being being the kind of constant throughout. And um, for their newest album, Golden Gray, I believe it's called, um, they hired uh, a female guitarist, uh, Gina Gleason, who fucking shreds, who is like... Uh, a, a guitar goddess um and she's got a really interesting backstory um so again the appendix of my re- recommendation is an interview with gina gleason on guitar.com um the title of which is from guitar center to guitar hero baroness's gina gleason talks gold and grand um so i would definitely check out uh the entire album purple it's it's pretty great front to back but uh try to disappear as an entry point um if you just want to get super it's so lush and gorgeous i actually if I uh, that at a store i would pick it right yeah now. it's yeah, it's definitely it's one that if you saw on the rack and you were just yeah. buying random records based on album art you'd be like "Ooh, i'm picking that up um it's almost art nouveau yeah yeah um, and uh <laughs> i i don't know that the music is indicative of the tone or style of the, cover, of the covers yeah. but there is an interesting synergy between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the other thing I was going to say, but they're, they're great. Um, folks, thank you for joining us for this episode of Did You Bring Earplugs? Um, uh, sincerely, if you were listening and enjoying to this, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we love you, thank you. If you want to get in contact with us, uh, we can be reached at dybepod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at dybepod. Um we're just starting out, um, and we're still kind of getting our sea legs here. But if you like what you listen, you know, drop us a line, follow us on Instagram. We'll be on Apple Podcasts soon enough. We just wanted to get a few in the can, and then once we are on Apple Podcasts, throw us a review. It better be goddamn five stars. I'm not here for fucking four stars. I'm here for perfection. I'm like Bradley Cooper in Burnt. I will sous vide my own head. In the Pursuit of Perfection. No one's seen that movie. I think that was probably a reference that fell on a lot of deaf ears. It's not that bad. One Uh, listener out there will get that reference. Yeah, one listener's like, Woo, Bert, yeah! (laughs) I love middling dramas. Um, I guess that's it for this one, guys. Oh my god, it's it? I think we did it. Probably boop her out. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, So until two weeks from now, 14 days, a fortnight, if you will. Uh, Keep on dreaming. Keep on creaming. Keep on. Keep on rolling, rolling, rolling. What?